All right, it's good to have you here this morning, and again, I encourage you to take your Bibles at this time, and let's go ahead and turn to the book of Matthew once again this morning. Again, we're in a series here on Sunday mornings on the subject of fear, and we'll continue in this series um, for some time. I think it's a good series to uh, have here on Sunday mornings, as there's two perspectives to fear. First of all, there are things that should be feared, and certainly the Bible teaches us not to fear, and so we'll be covering both these uh, spectrums here in the Word of God. In fact, in Matthew 10, it talks about both these things, and we'll be looking at some thoughts here again this morning. Again, in the first message of this series, I begin to teach on who or what we should fear. And again, the Bible says here in Matthew chapter 10, verse number 28, it says, Fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. And so there are some things certainly to fear. And on that list of things to fear, although the world may not look at that as the greatest fear they should have, but I believe the greatest fear we should have is the fear of God, because he can cast both body and soul into hell. And so we looked at some fears. Again, here as we started this series, again, I just want to mention again that fears are natural and fears are very normal. And I believe, again, through the week and throughout the weeks and months of our lives, whether it's this time in our life or other times in life, there will be times where we are in fear. And fears are very natural. Again, if we were, again, in a place where we were in the presence of a wolverine, for instance, uh, most of you know them as one of the fiercest animals and creatures, again, uh, that could, you could face, um, or a bear, or a wolf, or a tiger, or a lion, or a shark, or whatever kind of uh, animal might be, again, some fierce type of an animal, uh, many of us would fear, and especially if that animal was hungry, we would uh, certainly fear. Again, it's, again, very normal for us to fear enemies, again, uh, that's just natural, as part of, I believe, our makeup, etc., Again, it's very natural for most people to fear heights and high places. Again, that's very normal, natural uh, when it comes to fear. And yes, the Bible teaches us some things about fear. And many times you find in the Bible fear, you'll find again God coming alongside and saying, fear not. Fear not. To God's people in the midst of places of fear throughout the history of man, God has come along and, and told believers to fear not. Again, we'll go back to Isaiah chapter 7. I'm going to be looking again here at Isaiah 7 here now and then as we look at this series because, again, I just think it's a good example of um, some folks that were in a place of fear and how they reacted to fear. And, uh, again, they were told not to fear. Again, as we come back to uh, this passage here this morning, Isaiah chapter 7, we see again God's people in fear. And I'm just saying, someone says, well, should God's people fear? I think God's people certainly can fear and will fear. But also we are taught not to fear. Isaiah chapter 7, verse number 1, it says, It came to pass in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, that raised him, the king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Ramilah, the king of Israel, went up toward Jerusalem to war against it but could not prevail against it. It was told of the house of Dane, saying, Syria's confederate with Ephraim, and his heart was moved in the heart of his people, as the trees of the wood are moved with the wind. I see a nation here in fear. Then said the Lord unto Isaiah, Go forth now to meet Ahaz, thou and 
Shershaya Shabab, uh, the, thy son, at the pool of the conduit of the upper pool and the highway of the foolish field, and say unto him, Take heed and be quiet, fear not, neither be faint-hearted. I'll just stop there. And God often sends before his people, either God, as he did in the Old Testament, God would come along and encourage his people not to fear, but he also again encourages people not to fear through preachers and teachers of the word of God that would teach and tell people not to fear. But we don't want to overlook the fact that people should fear. Let's turn back to our text in Matthew chapter 10. People should fear. They should fear the fact that God may cast and can cast and has power to cast and to kill and to damn the soul to hell. They should fear again standing before God without their sins forgiven. They should again fear having their their uh, life and things revealed that are hidden and maybe not manifest to the world. They should fear, and fear can be good for us. It may lead to us getting saved by grace. It also lead to Christians living in a way that's pleasing to the Lord. And so as we consider some thoughts on fear here today, I'd like to again go back to our text in Matthew chapter 10, and I'm going to back up all the way to verse number 16, and we'll read to verse number 31. Again, I want to take in a more fuller context of this passage of Scripture, as it is a message to the twelve primarily, as you'll see there in uh, verse number 5 of this chapter, and also see in the next uh, chapter, in chapter 11, verse number 1, but I believe it certainly applies to believers. Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, it says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to consuls, and they will scourge you in their synagogues, and you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. And when they deliver you, take no thought how or what you shall speak, for it shall be given you in the same hour what you shall speak. For it is not uh, ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. And the brother shall deliver up brother to death, and father the child. And the children shall rise up against their parents, and cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. But when they persecute you in the city, Flee unto another, for verily I say unto you, ye shall not have uh, gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man come. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple to, that he be as his master, and the servant as his Lord. If you then have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? Fear them not, therefore. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed or end hid, that shall not be made known. That I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. And what ye hear in the ear, preach ye upon the housetops. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two fair, uh, sparrows uh, sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall to the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are more value than many 
sparrows. And today I want to look at this thought of fear not. And we're going to consider reasons why we should not fear as Christians. Let's pray as we consider this thought today. Father, we thank you again for your word here today. Thank you again for the promises. And we find, again, the uh, solid uh, again foundation we can stand on. Again, as we, again, may waver in faith uh, during this time and certainly, again, Again, be faced with fears that might come here uh, next week, in a few days, maybe down the road at some time. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us again to take in the word of God. And again, as we hear it here this morning, I pray that you give us the faith that we need uh, during this time. Bless this time as we consider the word of God again today. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I want to give you some reasons not to fear. You know, someone says, I don't fear because I think positive. Well, uh, that's not a solution to fear. Well, I just think positive. I always think positive. So just think positive and so you won't fear. Is that, is that why you, if you do not fear, is that why you do not fear? A matter of thinking positive thoughts, so to speak. Again, I understand, again, positive thoughts. And for they're grounded in the word of God may cause you not to fear. But the background here of this passage of Scripture would give many, again, the right or the, the thought of maybe to fear. The Bible says in this passage, we're not going to go over in detail now. We may look at it more in the weeks to come. But again, Jesus was talking about a lot of different things that were going to come against the disciples there. And you can go back there in Matthew chapter 10. It says, beware of men. They're going to deliver you up to counsel. And they're going to scourge you in the synagogues. And and again, if you were to hear that kind of message, again, from your leader, from Jesus, the guy who you're serving, the guy, again, who you see as the Messiah, etc., you might say, well, wow, that's coming to us. Again, you'll find, again, many different things in this passage that might cause one to fear. And it says in verse 21, the brother shall deliver up brother to death. And certainly, again, someone might hear something and, and hear that certainly from the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, you know, the Lord is true and Certainly the disciples knew he was true, etc. And they might say, wow, uh, some are going to die. The Bible talks in verse number 20, some being hated. Verse 23, them being persecuted. Not being above their master, verse 34 and verse 35, and not being defamed. All these different things it says here in the Bible. Yet in verse 26 and in two, uh, two other places beside verse 26, it says, fear not. Fear them not. Therefore, the Bible says in verse 26. And it says in verse number 28, And fear not them which kill the body. And then it concludes with this statement. Again, I believe concludes much of what Jesus is talking about fear. It says, Fear ye not, therefore, ye are more of more value than many sparrows. I cannot give you assurance that Something, again, may not come into your life that you may be uh, concerned about as far as the future go. Every one of us will face death someday, one day. But when it comes to believers, we have the word of God and we have the promises of God that I believe can help us not to fear. Jesus told his disciples in this time, in this history of their lives, not to fear. And certainly, again, this is addressed to his disciples. This is addressed to his church. This is addressed to the evangelists that would be going out, etc. But yet at the same time, there are so many fear nots in the Bible. It's good for us to consider them. 
Christians need to be careful on not to fear. Fear not is not about positive thinking. Let me just say that. It's about the precious promises of God that we can place our faith upon. Again, it's not about positive thinking, but on the precious promises of God that he gives to us in his word that can allow for us not to fear. Why should we not fear? Because first of all, as we see in this passage of scripture, that God cares and watches over especially us as he watches over all of his creation. We see here in verse number 29, it says, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? And God cares for every sparrow. God cares for every life. God cares much more for us than even the sparrow. We are more valuable than the sparrow. Much more valuable than the sparrow, it says in here. It says in verse number 31, Fear ye not, therefore ye have more value than many sparrows. You know, the sparrow doesn't have much value. I'll just say that. At least as far as material value. Again, here in the Bible, it talks about the value of the sparrow. And it talks about how much a sparrow is worth, if you would. And it says there in, in, in verse number 29, are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? Now again, I, I don't know what a farthing is. All I know that that is a very small, insignificant amount of money. Again, the value of a sparrow is a half farthing. According to the 1828 dictionary, that's not very much. It's a quarter of a penny. It's not much. It's compared to a mite. And we know some things about a mite. It's one of the smallest amounts of money that you can come up with. The Bible talks about two sparrows being worth the value of one farthing. Let's turn to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Now someone says, again, uh, there's not much value to a sparrow. But not one of them, not one of them falls to the ground without your father. And yet, someone might say, well, what am I valued? Well, the Bible says you're valued more than many sparrows. Luke chapter 12, again, a parallel account to this. It says in Luke chapter 12, there, verse number 6 and 7, it says, Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings? And not one of them is forgotten before God. But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you have more value than many sparrows. Again, the Bible talks about the value here again of the sparrow. Not much. You can get five of them for two. Someone says, well, that's a better deal than two for one. It is. But again, at the same time, again, that's just showing us the value of the sparrow isn't much. And again, one might look at a sparrow and might look at a bird and might look at an animal and say, you know, there are hundreds of birds. There are thousands of birds. There are millions of birds. There are all kinds of birds. And we get that, and we understand that. But yet, notice what Jesus says in verse 6. It says, not one of them is forgotten before God. Not one of them. Not one of these birds that are very little value is forgotten before God. 
Again, when it comes to the bio, it talks about the value of the sparrow. It talks about our value being much more than the sparrow. And it says there, you have more, you're of more value than many sparrows. And so we see in the Bible that not one sparrow is forgotten before God. Is he going to forget you? Is he going to forget me? He is not going to forget any one of us. Not one of us. Who are redeemed, that are saved, need to fear. Because we are most valuable. We're not going to be forgotten. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 43. Someone says, well, I'm in a forgotten place. I'm in a place in... And nobody knows about me. I'm in a nursing home. I'm in a, in, a, in a tough situation right now. And nobody understands where I'm at, etc. You're not forgotten before God. You're not forgotten before God. Joseph may have been forgotten in the prison. And, and others have been forgotten throughout history. And again, the Bible talks about somebody rescuing a city. And he was soon forgotten. But not forgotten before God. Isaiah chapter 43, verse number 1 and 2, it says, But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by my name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. God cares for us very much. God watches over every one of us. He especially watches over the believer. He watches over the sparrow. He cares about the sparrow. And again, although the world may not value the sparrow, although the world may not value Christians, we see in the Bible that the Bible says there in verse number uh, 2 there, it says, I will be with thee. Who is he going to be with? Those that are mine. Those that are called by his name. In the waters, the rivers, the fires, the unpleasant places, the places where many people would fear, God watches over his own. God cares for his own. God is concerned over his own. Let's turn to Lamentations chapter 3. Someone says, well, Jesus told the disciples there that some of them would be put to death. Some would be persecuted. Some would be placed before consuls and things like that. We see again the book of Acts and uh, throughout history that that did happen to disciples over time. And certainly again, as it has happened over time, people have had to uh, come to realization that again, uh, their, their fears need to be put away. Lamentations, after the book of Jeremiah, you have the book of Lamentations chapter 3. And uh, I'd like to begin reading there in verse number uh, 53. Lamentations chapter 3. In verse 53, the Bible says there, they have cut off my life in the dungeon, this is Jeremiah talking, and cast a stone upon me. They tried to stone him to death. Waters flowed over my head. Then I said, I'm cut off. I called on thy name, O Lord, out of the low dungeon. Thou heard my voice, hide not thy ear. From the breathing at my cry. Thou drewest near in the day when I called upon thee. Thou said, fear not. O God, thou hast pleaded the cause of my soul. Thou hast redeemed my life. O Lord, thou hast seen my wrong. Judge thou my cause. 
in a place of dungeon, a place of imprisonment. We find again here Jeremiah in a place where he says, the Lord came to him and said, fear not. Not much more was said about what took place in that conversation, but maybe God just came and just gave him two words to take with him. Fear not. God cares for us, especially He cares for us, especially more than the sparrow. We have more value than the sparrow, and he will watch over us, and he'll take care of his own. The Lord is a perfect father. He will always take care of his own. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Reasons why not to fear, because God cares and watches over especially you that are saved by grace, and there's really no need to fear. The waters, the fires, the tests, the trials of faith may come, but you have the Lord, and He watches over you and cares about you, and you can call to Him, and He will be there for you. Secondly, we see in this passage, as I want to look at here, again here this morning here in Matthew chapter 10, verse number 29, the Bible says in verse 29, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall to the ground without your father. God will not forsake and God will not fail you as a father. God will not forsake or for, uh, forsake you as your father. He will not forsake the bird, the simple bird, the uh, very, uh, a very uh, not valueless, but having very little value bird. God will not fail us nor forsake us. This is a promise God has given down through history. Let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 31 to, to God's people facing challenges in life. And certainly there certainly are some challenges that are taking place in your life. In the, in the life of the world, the life of America, there are certainly a lot of different challenges uh, that may come to us in the future. But in the midst of those challenges in life, I believe, again, we need to understand that God will, not, will never fail us or forsake us. As, his, as he is our father. Notice here in Deuteronomy chapter 31, the Bible says, And Moses went and spake these words unto all Israel. And he said unto them, I have 120 years old this day, and I can no more come out, uh, go out and come in. Also the Lord said unto me, Thou shalt not go over this Jordan. The Lord thy God, he will go over before thee, and he will destroy these nations before thee, and thou shalt possess them. And Joshua, he shall go over with thee, as the Lord has said. And the Lord shall do unto them, as he did to Sion and to Og, and the kings of the Amorites, and unto the land whom he destroyed. And the Lord shall give them before your face, and ye, shall, and ye may do unto them according to all the commandments which the Lord had commanded you. Be ye strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid. For the Lord your God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And Moses called Joshua and said unto him in the sight of the Lord, Be strong and of good courage, for thou must go with this people unto the land that the, uh, the Lord has sworn unto your fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to uh, inherit the land. And the Lord, he is that do, doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee neither forsake thee, fear not, neither be dismayed. 
Again, faced with the challenge of, again, going in and conquering a land, an unknown land with great enemies and, again, forces, again, that they have, again, not faced before. God said to God's people, both to the leader and to those, again, that followed, that God will not fail nor forsake thee. God will not fail or forsake his own. Again, the world might forsake, and, uh, forsake its own. You know, the, honestly, again, I just mentioned this, you know, friends may fail and forsake their own. Again, there might be, again, the government that will forsake its own. And I'm not here to, again, or give you any fears and that kind of thing, but one person, again, that you can count on in times of sickness, distress, troubles, challenges in life is God. God will not fail you nor forsake you. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 13. Again, God told Israel, he told Joshua, facing the challenges of going into a new land, I will not fail you nor forsake you. Now, someone says, well, that's to them and that's not to us. And I get that. Someone might say, again, the context there is, again, a particular time in history, a particular group of people, etc. Going to land, again, God was, again, uh, telling them specifically and telling Joshua specifically some things. But notice here in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 5, the same kind of promise is also given to New Testament Christians. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 5, it says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. He will never leave or forsake us. Again, why not fear? Because God is going to be constantly there as a companion for us. Again, I understand, again, when someone, again, has maybe, again, someone alongside them or besides them or someone pulling for them, that a lot of times they don't fear. But the government could forsake us and fail us. Friends could do that. Again, it mentions there in that particular passage of Scripture to the disciple, again, a lot of things concerning that. All may fail, but Jesus never. Glory to his name. We sing that song. All may fail, but Jesus never. Glory to his name. Turn to Genesis chapter 26. You know, someone might go through a particular difficult time in their life and if God was able today, and again, I, I know God is able to do anything and everything, but again, he's tied to his word, and certainly, again, we live a time, in a time of faith here today. Again, blessed are those that believe and have not seen. The Bible says that in the New Testament. But uh, go back here to Genesis chapter 26 with me. Again, we find the case of Isaac here, and uh, he went some, through some difficulties as he dealt with a time where he had some adversity and he had some troubles that came into his life as he was just trying to make his way in life. And again, I believe many people are just kind of trying to make their way in life. And uh, in this case here, the Bible was faced with some challenges. And uh, let's pick up in verse number 18. It says, And Isaac digged again the wells of water, which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistine had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names which his father had called them. And Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found them a well of springing water. And the herdmen of Gear did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying, The water is ours. 
He called the name of the well Ezek because he strove with them. And they digged another well and strove with them also, and he called the name of it Sitah. And he digged from thence and digged another well, and from thence they strove not, and he called that name, uh, the name of it Rehoboth. And he said, For now the Lord hath made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. And he went up from thence to Beersheba. And the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee and will bless thee and multiply thy seed for all my servant Abraham's sake. And he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent and their Isaac's servants digged a well. And they had some problems with wells. They had some problems with provision. They had some problems with people, again, taking maybe what they had. And so, again, the Lord Jesus Christ, or God, the God of heaven, if you would, came to, uh, Mo, uh, sorry, to Isaac there, and he said these simple words, fear not, in verse 24. Why would he say fear not? I would say he would say fear not because there was fear. And certainly where there is fear, we need some fear nots to help us not to fear. God will not fail us nor forsake us. And that was the message here also to Isaac. Fear not, I am with thee and will bless thee and multiply thy servant for my servant Abraham's sake. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 41. Many of these verses, again, I would encourage you to write down if you would this morning. Again, I believe during this time, again, we need the foundation of the word of God even more than in past times. Again, someone might say, what do you mean by that? I, I do mean that. I mean, people need the word of God to help them to think the way they should think, not to fear when they feel like they should fear, etc. And so we need, again, the word of God to sustain us, to, to lay a foundation under us, to undergird our faith. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, it says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will hold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. It goes on and says, Behold, all they that are sensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing. They shall strive with thee, uh, shall perish. Thou shalt seek them and shall not find them. Even them that contended with thee, they that warred against thee, shall be as nothing, as a thing for naught. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. I will hold thy right hand. And that's the normal hand, the hand that we hold hands with. I'm not saying if you're left-handed, maybe you do things differently, but I'm just saying the right hand is the right hand of strength. God is constantly, here in the Bible, telling his people, fear not, because I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Hebrews 13, verse 5, a promise to believers. Let's turn, if we would, to Psalm 113. Uh, it's actually Psalm 118. And I want to consider why we should not fear. We should not fear because God will take care of us and watch us over us. We should not fear because God will not fail us nor forsake us. We should not fear because God is near to us, even if we feel at times that he is far away from us. Psalm 118 Let's go ahead and read here Psalm 118, verse number 1. 
The Bible says, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. Let Israel now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let the house of Aaron now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let them now that fear the Lord say that his mercy endureth forever. Let them now that fear the Lord say his mercy endureth forever. God's mercy will always be there. I called upon the Lord in distress, and the Lord answered me and set me in a high place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what men can do to me. The Lord taketh my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Now, I'm not looking and saying, well, I, you know, so-and-so will support me or help me because there's some connection between them and us or whatever it might be. Again, the Bible says it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. The Lord is on my side, the Bible says. There in verse number six, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. The Lord's right by me. It's right by you. If you're a believer, God is near to you. He simply wants you to trust him, trust his character, trust his goodness, trust his loving and fatherly care over you. If you come to a place of fear, what should you do? Well, let's turn to Psalm 56, verse number three. What should I do? Maybe you'll need to remind me what to do. Maybe I'll need to remind you what to do. We all need reminders on what to do and what to think. Psalm chapter 56, verse number 3, it says, What time I am afraid I will trust in thee. In God will I praise his word. In God will I put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Skip to verse 11. In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. When fears come, and if they come, and if they come from men, the Bible says there, in times when I'm afraid, I'll trust in thee. A pandemic. Evil tidings. Troubles. They could cause us to fear. Let's turn to Psalm 112. Again, there's again news. Someone says, you know, I don't think it's a good thing to look at the news. I understand it's not a good thing to look at the news if you're not looking at the news with an eye of faith. That God does all things well. That all things work together to good to them that love God. Are you a lover of God? Then things will work together for good for you. Psalm 112, verse number 7, it says, He shall not be afraid of the evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see the desires of his enemies. He hath dispersed, he hath... Given the poor, his righteousness endure forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. They'll gnash with their teeth and melt away. And the desire of the wicked shall perish. No lot could happen in the world in the months and weeks to come. But I want to remind you, the Lord is on my side. He's not going to change sides. He's always going to be by my side. We sing that song that has those words, I know my God is near. I know. 
my God is near. There's security again in having someone again who's powerful that is near. Imagine the president of the United States without bodyguards. Some would be say, well, he'd be in trouble without bodyguards. He might be in trouble without bodyguards. But God watches over his own. And so finally, I want to consider here this morning as we turn back to Matthew chapter 10, verse number 31. Why should I not fear? If you're a believer, you should not fear. God has given you peace. And again, he wants to rest in his love. He wants you to, again, consider his care. And so number one, why shouldn't you fear? Because God cares and watches over you. Secondly, because God will not fail or forsake you. Thirdly, because God is near to you and to I. He is with his churches and the members of his churches. And then finally, and fourthly, again, I believe, again, this is important for us, again, to certainly, again, think about here today. God is a shield to protect us. Let's turn, again, to Proverbs chapter 3. I know there's a lot of shielding that's taking place today, but yet you'll see, again, if you study, again, the, the, the thing about shields, Shields can only protect you so much. Someone says, well, I'm going to go out and wear some gloves, and I'm going to take a face mask, and I'm going to put this on, and everybody should do this, and everybody in the medical community should have protective equipment. And I understand, again, if you want to protect yourself against a virus through washing your hand, that's a wise thing. If you want to protect yourself from a virus, again, it may be, again, you need some gloves, certainly, again, if the disease is near you, etc., and you're helping patients that have it, etc. Social distancing, that's good, and I understand that's necessary at this time. And again, ultimately, though, I want you to understand that God is our shield. I went down to the post office, and I see this big plastic shield there now. I mean, a standing polyglass shield there. I thought to myself, what is that for? To protect that lady from this disease or possibly getting this disease. Someone says, well, why is it there? Why did it get sent to Valley City? Well, it's probably sent to all post offices now to shield them. Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 25 and verse number 26, but I won't count on a shield necessarily. Again, God's people have a shield that is certainly more protective than any human shield or created shield. And I'm not saying, again, you shouldn't use shields. Again, someone says, well, you're telling people not to protect themselves. No, I'm not telling people not to protect themselves. I'm telling you, as a Christian, God can shield you. And he is my ultimate shield. Proverbs chapter 3 here, verse number 25 and verse number 26. The Bible says, be not afraid of sudden fear. Neither the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence. It shall keep thy foot from being taken. Don't be afraid of sudden fear. There's a lot of fear going around. Remember, we have the most protective shield that there is in this world. To the Psalm chapter 28. We as believers, if you're a believer here today, you have a seal. You have a shield that the rest of the world doesn't have. You have a shield again that can protect you, and that shield's God. And God is a shield to us. And God has the ability and power to shield us from anything and from any uh, disease, dart, arrow, disease, pestilence, whatever might come our way. Proverbs 
talks about, don't be afraid of sudden fear. Psalm 28 here, verse number 7 through verse number 9, it says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry on, with my voice, and mercy also upon me. Oh, sorry, verse, uh, chapter 28, verse 7, it says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusteth in him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoices. With my song I will praise him. The Lord is their strength, and he is the saving strength of his anointed. Save thy people, bless thine inheritance, feed them also, lift them up forever. This is the prayer of David. Save thy people, bless thine inheritance, feed them also, lift them up forever. We can pray confidently. We understand this. Again, David even prays and praises in this psalm here. He mentions here, the Lord is my strength and my shield. Imagine being in a place of David, having all kinds of people after you, trying to put you to death. And I mean, not just men just, you know, that, you know, that, you know, might hurt you, but I mean men trained to kill people. I mean, soldiers, warriors, etc. Saul and his army set against you. Yet God, in the scripture says, and David says in the scriptures, the Lord is my strength and he's my shield. Let's turn to Psalm 91. I'm just about done here today. Psalm chapter 91. There are lots of shields that are being made. I'm glad for, again, those shields that are being made. The mask, again, can protect people. Again, doctors, physicians can protect uh, people from this virus, from this disease, etc. There are all kinds of things being sold, and there are all kinds of different things, again, maybe to shield against a, a disease, etc. But ultimately, my protection in, in this matter is going to be set in a position where I have one ultimate shield, and that's God. Psalm 91, verse number 1. Bible says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the mighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely I shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler, from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be a shield and a buckler. But shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. In Paul, uh, sorry, uh, David talks about the Lord being his shield. He's my refuge, verse 2. He's my fortress, my God, and him I will trust. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by, by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in the darkness. The pestilence. You know, there's pestilence, and we've talked about that. Dreadful diseases that certainly come upon people throughout human history. And who was able to shield us from those pestilence? 
God is. So many afraid today. Reasons for Christians not being afraid. Let's turn back to our text and I'll close here today. Again, I'm not saying you're not going to get the disease. If you get this disease, it'll be well within the will of God. It could lead to someone getting saved by you again passing on in this life. And I'm not here again to cause anybody to fear. But again, I've seen sometimes where people die and as a result of their death, people come into the kingdom of God. But I also know that God is way able to shield us and protect us and ultimately shield us from this disease that, again, is spreading uh, throughout our country and around the world. Keep in mind these things, again, when it comes to fear. Matthew, 20, Matthew chapter 10, verse number uh, 26. Let's start there and we'll read down verse 31 in closing here today. Fear not, fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, or hid that shall but be known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in the light. And what ye hear in the ear, that preach from the housetops. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are numbered, Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Fear ye not, therefore, because God will cares and watches over you. God will not fail and forsake you. God will never leave you. He is near to you, and God is able to shield and protect you. Let's consider these thoughts here today, and let's remember them.